0: On October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Are you sitting comfortably? Because this week's chalk talk drops a bit of an atom bomb. Over the last few weeks, we've looked together at that little Greek word, pistos, which implies faithfulness in the sense of faithful obedience, loyalty, allegiance and trustworthiness, rather than faith in the sense of an ability to somehow commit immovably to a particular set of doctrinal positions and beliefs. But all this leads us on to another important Greek phrase, pistis christu, which Paul uses half a dozen times in his writing, and on which Martin Luther, John Calvin and the other reformers, as well as countless others, have chosen to build their whole approach to Christianity by translating it as faith in Christ. We are saved, they say, by putting our faith in Christ. However, I put it to you that their translation of Pistis Christu" is a giant mistake, one which is at the very heart of the muddle the Church has got itself into over the last 500 years, and it's time to sort it out. It might surprise you to know that right up until the time of the Protestant Reformation virtually all translations of the Bible chose to translate Paul's little phrase as the faith of Christ in the sense of the faithfulness exercised by Christ rather than faith in Christ in the sense of our personal belief levels in Christ. is true of the famous translation of the Bible into Latin from Greek by Jerome right back in the fourth century, which we know today as the Vulgate, all the way through to William Tyndale's English translation, for which he would eventually pay with his life. And here's the thing, even the famous King James Authorised Version, published in 1611, still loved and used by millions of people around the world today, does exactly the same thing. For instance, the Authorised Version renders Paul's words to the followers of Christ in Galatia recorded in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, this way, The life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me." As the Reformation took hold across Europe, however, other Protestant translators had no such qualms. Almost as one, they turned their backs on the former way of understanding Pistus Christu and instead began to translate it in line with Luther's understanding. The result is that by the 20th century, the reading of faith in Christ as the basis of what it means to be a Christian was taken for granted and today has become the unquestioned basis of the whole approach of hundreds of thousands of local churches around the world. But, in my view, as well as that of countless modern-day scholars and theologians, this is wrong. The only way to read Paul's phrase pistis Christu" authentically is in line with the old traditional reading of the faith of Christ. Which we've now discovered, because we understand the word pistis is better translated as faithfulness, is the faithfulness of Christ. It may come as a shock. But to speak as though the work called faith is the thing that we really have to do to please God is to betray a fundamental misconception. Paul's primary emphasis is on Christ's faithfulness rather than our struggling human efforts. Christ's allegiance to his divine mission is the source, the only source of our acceptance by God, and it's the recognition of this great redemptive, liberating truth that calls each one of us to live a life faithful to it. As a matter of historical record, this revolutionary new perspective on Paul's thought that I'm suggesting, centred on the faithfulness of Christ, is exactly the same understanding that was held throughout history by the pre-Reformation Church. And it turns out that the novel way of understanding Pistis as is as faith in Christ, the one that was introduced by the 16th century European reformers. So I'll leave you with a question. If the idea that it's the faithfulness of Christ, as opposed to the old concept of faith in Christ, that's the basis of human salvation, do you agree with me that that would be nothing short of a revolution? I say much more about all of this in my new book entitled The Lost Message of Paul, which is out now. You can order your copy from openchurch.network slash lostmessageofpaul.